92.7 and 105.5. Rolling you through it on a Monday morning. We'll try to avoid that case of the Mondays today. Sheriff Eric Sampson is here. And his shiny new Dodge Charger, by the way. It's not new. It's, it's it, a year old now. It's a year. It's, it, it's, as a matter of fact, the inspection stick is due next month. All right. It's new to me, damn it. All right. that's. I guess that's how that works. Uh, it looks very sharp, though. Um, Sheriff Sampson joins us uh, on the regular to talk about things that are going on. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, the budget process happening now. I know this is a yearly thing for you guys. There's stuff that's in. There's stuff that's out. Um, what's the first thing uh, we can look at on there? Well, uh, actually, we're in the budget process because we're in a calendar year with the yeah. exception of the jail. So it's been a real busy time of year. Uh, we've met with the county administrator, Larry Post, went through our budgets. We made some adjustments there on his request, um, went through the commissioners um, and brought forward what some of our goals were, you know, both short term, long term. Uh, some of the things we were looking at through the budget process and uh, got supported through there with our funding request. Um, you know, not too much new. Um, we're trying to iron out our car rotation because when, you know, we took office a couple of years ago, the, the fleet was depleted and uh, there's something to having, you know, quality equipment on a regular rotation um, being replaced for the miles and the type of driving we do. Um, but one of the things that came out of it that I, we did quite a bit of looking into, it's been coming up over the years nationwide uh, over the past couple of years and even uh, across the state of Maine, which is the idea of implementing the use of body cameras. Um, so one big budget item we did after looking into the costs, um, and of course this all came about because we knew our car cameras, the cruisers we have, uh, the, the cars we have in all the cruisers, uh, how much? It's Monday morning, you know. Yeah, it is. It the is. The cameras we have in all the cruisers are about two years beyond their life expectancies, and we're having failures. Um, we can't extend uh, maintenance contracts on them anymore. So we decided to look at uh, replacing those and incorporating the body cameras. Um, we spoke with the DA, who was supportive of the body cameras. We've seen instances uh, looking at some of the other departments in the state that are using them, and we had an instance uh, recently within the past couple of months where uh, another department that had body cameras showed up to, um, for mutual aid on a call. And when we could watch everything that happened on his body camera, we found it extremely beneficial, really clarified things. Um, and it let us use it to show the officers involved as, as a potential training tool, um, how everything worked out. Uh, what we also discovered in meeting with the vendors is there would be a difference if we bought the cruiser cameras now that need to be replaced. And then later on, um, in, installed the body cameras. What we discovered is we're saving about $700 a unit by doing it all as one. And when we have, you know, 15 cruisers, um, it kind of made sense to do it now. I believe going through the first round with the commissioners, um, they've supported it. They see it does make sense to make the purchase now and the policy adjustments now. Um, we explained to them what we looked at a little bit more than what I explained to you here today. Uh, now we're going on to the budget committee uh, part of the process where there's a board that they'll review everything we're asking for and uh, then they'll get returned for uh, to the commissioners and hopefully the first of the year we'll be going out to bid for cruiser and body cameras but through this budget process I have to let you know and speaking of vehicles I know you're a big fan of the uh, Ford interceptors that we have out yeah, there and big you, one. You, you think you can never see them coming along well what we discovered and we were trying to get the department all into one cruiser even though you can't identify it we figured it would be good if they all looked the same 
Uh, we discovered that people over six feet tall have a little bit of a problem with those Ford interceptors. Uh, we had them evaluated. We wrote to Ford. Long story short, we had to pick up a secondary vehicle. Um, we've got our first one out now, um, but our, we'll have the Ford interceptors to the majority, but we're also buying chargers as well. So next year, you'll see a couple of the chargers um, like I've got here today, except they'll be black in color on the road to further confuse you in your travels, Matt. Yeah, that's really what it boils <laughs> down to. I, it's, I told, I told Sheriff Sampson, it's getting to the point, like I, I pride myself when I'm on the road, like, you know, there are a lot of people out there when you're driving, you like to, you know, you like to spot the, the, the Volkswagen Beetle or the, the car without the headlight or whatever. But I'm always like, oh, that's the, that's an undercover. Oh, no, that's a, that's a this, that's a, that, you know, however it works. And you're like, it's getting to a point now where I'm like, I can't tell. No. And it's, I guess that's the way it's supposed to be. So I well, mean, we do have them stickered because we want people to know we're out right. there. But it is interesting to note that while you're traveling down Minot Ave, you're not realizing there's a, there's a police car behind you. So <laughs> Never know. And you could probably find a meme that will help you identify the different type of headlights yeah. if, if you'd like. Hey, the reason I have trust, trust issues is people that buy old police cars as personal vehicles. Yeah. I don't even get me started on that. Sheriff Sampson is here. We got more on the way. Luckily, they don't put a light on it. It's the Breakfast Club. Bain's Big Z, 92.7, 105.5. Worldwide at the all new mansbigz.com. Sheriff Sampson is here for his regular visit. 911 Dispatch Center uh, moves all complete on that. I know you came in to talk about that previously. Yeah, um, as I mentioned before, it started about the beginning of the year. Again, that was something that was uh, supported well through whether some of the communities that got involved or the commissioners. Um, but we were able to um, use 1,700 square feet of existing space to totally revamp our dispatch communication center. Um, it was part of the old commissioner's room for anybody that's familiar with that, the old probate room. And as I had said, I had offered to give up my office space as well. So the whole area that's been renovated was 1,700 square feet. It kind of uh, made a mess for over a year because they were knocking out brick walls and uh, cutting out windows. Um, and then a lot of us were in temporary spots for a while, myself included. Oh, so that's the best. I was displaced. It was organized chaos. Um, I've moved into where the old dispatch center was, where in comparison to where they are now, it was a closet. But it works fine for an office space. A little long and narrow, but uh, um, very, you know, it's functional. Um, so it's nice to finally have everybody back where they belong, uh, the place situated. If uh, you were to see where dispatch had been located for decades compared to where now it's you can't even believe it was where it, it was and uh the new dispatch center is very impressive it was uh it's a really good accomplishment for a department for the you know the county um we hope that they uh take the initiative to you know renovate more areas like that because there's a lot of old spaces that we're dealing with small congested rooms and um, you know, it's 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 an old building that is in need of investment, and I think you might have seen uh, over the past year on the general government side, they've taking steps to replace the clock tower uh, or fix that. Um, it's creating you know leaks, and there was concerns about the damage it would create to the building. We're just kind of holding back and hoping, keeping our fingers crossed that through the budget process, they leave the funding in there to pave our parking lot because we have to be the only municipal building in the in the state that has a dirt parking lot. 
Um, so we, we look forward to having that done as well. But there's been improvements made, um, a lot of things being done, um, whether department heads bringing attention to it, the city administrator, uh, the county administrator, Larry Post, um, bringing it to the commissioner's attention, or just the commissioners themselves. There's been decades of lack of investments in the facilities, um, the grounds, uh, and in effect, sometimes even uh, some of the capital equipment the employees need. And so it's nice that these things are starting to move forward and we're getting a little progress and uh, some improvements that help with the work environment. We're talking with Sheriff Eric Sampson. We'll have more with him on the way. It's 825. It's 69 degrees. Shout out Gronk. It's the Breakfast Club, Bain's Big Z, 92.7 and 105.5. Us, Maine's Big Z, 92.7, one of our, uh, Maine's Big Z, 92.7 and 105.5. I was going to go into my next thought there, and then I realized I hadn't finished the original thought I was about to say. Sheriff Eric Sampson is here. We're getting caught up with him. We've talked about the budget process, 911 dispatch center, the moves into that getting done. Um, April advisory board? Uh, or jail, no, jail advisory, advisory board. board. Yes. Yeah. Some time ago, we had thought of uh, creating a jail advisory board. We figured uh, identify different parts of the community that should be represented, whether it be medical, mental health, uh, residents, maybe an elected official. Just putting together a group of people uh, to ha create an advisory board that we felt would be beneficial for the facility, for oversight, for you know involvement in the community. Um, maybe connect us with resource or let people know what's going on with the situation to help them maybe um, look at future goals or things needed for the facility, support that, uh, things of that nature. Then over the course of us kind of waiting to see what was going on with the state issues involving corrections, we kind of delayed it because I didn't want to waste people's time, create a board and then state takes over. Uh, now that that's looks like it's gone by the wayside, it, we're looking at creating a jail advisory board um, in January. Well, I was contacted by Bangor Daily News about different legislations, and apparently there's a, a law that uh, only two counties are following suit with, but it has a uh, it calls for each sheriff to have a jail board of visitors, and in effect, it's the same idea. Um, but we figured it would be a good thing to transfer information of what's going on with the facility and maybe what the communities are thinking uh, or representatives out there that provide services. Um, Two-way street to have a board like that to help out with community engagement. So we'll be starting that in uh, January um, and just looking to craft it now, uh, hoping it'll be beneficial to identify needs or other issues, uh, stereotypes. People don't understand what's going on in the facility all the time. So anything to, uh, I guess, enlighten people of our situation that's uh, always a good idea job fair coming up as well yeah um this one um, are you having a difficult time finding people as well because well, it seems on. like everybody is this yeah. oh oh oh, oh the corrections theory is to you know you got to rehabilitate you got to uh consequences crime and punishment but the other thing is to help people correct to help reduce recidivism so we've contacted employers actually it was our programs director idea um, Sergeant Victoria Langelier. Uh, she came up with this idea of having a job fair with certain employers to host in the facility to meet with inmates that have participated in other programs and are making successful transitions within the facility to hopefully provide them with employment opportunities when they leave our facility. So we have roughly half a dozen employers going to set up a job fair in our gym to meet with ah. people that will be getting out soon to hopefully give them an opportunity to be in a better position once they are released for employment purposes. 
Ah. A little different. That is a little different. We think it's a great idea, and we find that whether it's programs um, out in the community or job opportunities or even housing, um, we find that people have a much opportunity higher higher success rate if they are accountable to things, whether it's appointments or jobs like this. And if it helps somebody out and we're helping one out of 10 people or employers find employees and there's a match there, um, I think it's, it's very beneficial because through some of the other programs we've done, we've had contractors offer guys jobs that were there as um, working for some of the nonprofits, whether it's demo work or mm-hmm. just based on the person's attitude or work ethic, ethic. And we think that that helps out long term. So we're trying this, see how it works. And then we plan to monitor those that are offered jobs, the success rate down the road uh, to see what we're looking at. So we'll have data in a year or so uh, to say, all right, how is this working? What can we do better? Or is this something that isn't working at all? Uh, but we're kind of curious. You know, we've tried some new things like the crocheting program um, a couple of years ago that was hugely successful for a number of reasons. And we're hoping this is another one of these things that, you know, Sergeant Lear had this idea. Um, we think it's a great idea. We'll move forward, see what happens. We are talking with Sheriff Eric Sampson. He joins us on the regular. We'll have more with him on the way. You're listening to The Breakfast Club. Man's Big Z, 927 and 105. 70 degrees. Worldwide at the all new mainsbigz.com. Androscoggin County Sheriff Eric Sampson joins us on the regular, and he does that today. Final segment with him. Um, let's talk a little bit about population issues in the jail. Um, I know we've talked about that a little bit. I know uh, commissioners talked about this, some things. Um, we'll also talk a little bit about staffing. I know we mentioned a job fair earlier uh, for inmates, former inmates, things of that nature. Um, but staffing-wise, that doesn't seem to be a problem for you guys, which is really nice. No, uh, staffing-wise, I'll get that up. We have just finally filled all of our patrol vacancies. Um, we created a position, as I spoke about before, through a retirement of an administrative position. We had an administrator retire. We converted his position to CID, um, figuring it was more beneficial there. We created a domestic violence investigator position, uh, working with the AG's office, and they were recently sworn in with the Attorney General's office. Um, He's one of, I believe, 28 uh, domestic violence investigators in the state, and he's one of 20 or 21 that are sworn by the Attorney General's office. So we think that's a great move, uh, dealing with domestic violence issues in the right direction. As far as staffing goes, we um, the only vacancy that I can think of right now that we have is due to a recent promotion, and that will be filled shortly. So we are the abnormality in the state and probably the nation um, when we look at current vacancies, kind of like I don't like talking about it because I worry we'll be hit with everybody else. Um, You can knock on this fake paneling here. It's just fine. Yeah, It's great because it helps out with consistency and building momentum for long-term and short-term goals. Uh, We'd like to think our lack of turnovers because I'm I'm a great guy to work for, but reality is um, there's a lot of things keeping people employed with us. Um, We've been very fortunate. you know, supporting the employees and the employees supporting the mission of the organization. So that the, things right now, as far as employee and retention go, are good. I, they're in contract negotiations uh, with the union, the commissioners are. Um, I think that's going to be finalized sometime soon to, um, you know, help things so there's not this three or four year gap of expired contracts where there's a lot of animosity and issues that build up as a result of those. As far as the jail population, our facility is... Um, Licensed to hold 160. We were getting up over the 200 mark uh, with some consistency for about eight weeks. Uh, we went to the county administrator about boarding prisoners and we've started boarding prisoners with Cumberland County. 
um, going through the budget process and speaking to the commissioners about it, uh, the overcrowding issues and the concern for the future. I don't feel we have to wait till we're at the point of crisis to start addressing the issue. The commissioners agreed, so I believe after the budget process, working with the commissioners, because we're all part of the solution, uh, we'll probably sit down and see where we go from now, probably ironically involve community members and create another board for this. Um, we've identified as many things we can as far as alternative sentencing programs to help reduce the headcount. We've worked with outside agencies uh, so they understand what's going on, whether that's probation, parole, the courts, or other law enforcement agency. The DA's office, district attorney's office, is well aware of our headcount issues, uh, the percentage of pretrial population we have. And again, it's well known that we're very big supporters of um, alternative sentencing programs. Uh, or alternatives to incarceration, which help reduce the headcount, but we're doing as much as we can with the inmates we have available to lower that, which in effect lowers the cost. But if we're gonna maintain a high level of consistency with being overcrowded, we need to start looking at the future of our facility, uh, whether that be five, 10, or, or 20 years out to start making the moves to be prepared. Because I don't wanna wait till we have a crisis where we have um, assaults in the facility, whether on staff or inmate to inmate or other unfortunate incidents that usually occur as a result of a rising headcount population. Wow, you're actually being proactive and looking ahead is what you're saying. I try. Usually we just wait until there's a deadline and then we get all busy about it. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's wild. Sheriff Eric Sampson joins us on the regular here from Androscoggin County. We've talked all sorts of things today. If you've missed any of it, you can catch it all on demand now at theallnewmainsbigz.com. Always good to see you. Thank it you was very nice much. being here. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, I think it's good for us and good for the community. Yeah, I think it's uh, it, it's good, and look forward to having you back for your next regularly scheduled appearance. Even though Bonnie won't be here for it, so no, you know it'll be yeah. sometime after Halloween. I yeah, yeah. Or well, she might be here for it's it. The holidays. You never know. You never snow know. on the ground. You might. Yeah. Let's not have that. Let's not. <laughs> not today. Eight fifty-seven, seventy-one degrees, Mainz, Big Z, ninety-two-seven, one five-five. Let me get your.